Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. And we are going to chat about a little sci-fi adventure known as Dune. Which, against protest, mind you, because we usually don't talk about movies when they're not complete. (laughs) I mean, that's your rule. Uh, You're a little bit more steadfast than that. I, I am fine talking parts to a series that we don't have conclusion to yet it is not a movie it is part of a movie that yeah I, I mean it hit you with the part one on the title screen so you had to know i mean at least, at least they set expectations right i guess i guess yeah. but it is part of a movie don't don't feel like you'll get any sort of closure or climax or anything like that you, you just get oh we're gonna stop right about here yeah and then hopefully we make another one yeah you're getting x percent of a story and right. I don't know what percentage that is. I mean, I guess in today's world, I can assume it's a third because we insist on doing trilogies, but I don't know. I heard this was supposed to be a part one and part two. Oh, nice. I, I, hey, I'm all for that. Mix it up a little bit. I'm tired of the trilogy format. I mean, I know why they do it, right? Like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, arcs of stories. Right. I get it, but I, it doesn't always have to be that way. Well, neither here nor there, I... I... I lost, so here we are talking about Dune. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so have you read the book or seen the original? I saw the original 20 years ago in college. Okay. And so I have very few things other than writing some sandworms and spice changing eye color, and that's about it. Okay. I didn't even have that going in. I, I've never seen... The original. I've never read the book. All I've got is the trailer. I mean, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of Dune in pop culture. You know, the movie. I know Sting is in it. I know Kyle MacLachlan is in it. I, I conceptually know of it, but I had no idea of spice and houses and whatever. Uh, I, I did not remember anything about the houses. Uh, our swim team shirts my uh, junior year said, fear is the mind killer. So that uh, was a direct pull. So I was waiting okay. for that. Interesting. I had no idea. I, I I didn't know that was a a Dune quote until they said it in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Apparently. Um. All right. Well, let's get going. I'm gonna read the blurb and hope that it makes more sense than the movie. But here we go. Uh. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential, only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Uh, This was directed by Denis Villeneuve, who has done Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Enemy, Prisoners, several others. Um, I think he's got a, a pretty good rep going for himself. Cast, big one. Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, and David Dastmalchian. You know, it's it. You get. It's like someone said, "Hey Carson, list your twenty favorite actors going on right now." And then they said, "Okay, we, we're just gonna grab seven of them and throw them in this movie." And I'm like, 
deal. Like, yeah. I almost every scene had somebody that I, I loved in that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very easy movie to watch from that standpoint. Yeah. And honestly, the cast was fine. I had no problem with the cast. I don't think anybody really blew me away. Right. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say like, Oh, Timothy Chalamet is like the performance of the year you got to see, or same with Josh Brolin. Like everybody's just good. I don't know. Everybody does their part. Yeah. I, um, I, I couldn't, I had a hard time getting past Jason Momoa's name a little bit. I mean, Duncan Idaho is just, (laughs) it's a bridge too far, right? Like it's, you're supposed to be the warrior for, I guess, House Atreides or whatever they call themselves. Uh, clearly positioned in the movie to be a complete badass and shown on the movie to be a complete badass. But Duncan Idaho, uh, can we, I know you got to straddle the line between being true to the books and true to the original <laughs> movie and all that stuff, but I, I would have been hard-pressed not to, like, pencil that one out you know be one of those box off our uh, studio guys who sends the notes down to the people making the movie like guys well we can't do duncan idaho i mean at least you could do duncan and like never say his last name right and then just kind of roll in the credits oh yeah he's duncan idaho by, yeah by the I mean, way. that's a good <laughs> point know? that's a good point it's the idaho that it, it's not i mean if we're going on state-based names it's no johnny utah i mean that is a great name <laughs> duncan idaho is not duncan idaho it uh it's a stretch it really is. Of you could tell that this was written a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And to to add that name in, especially when all the other names, you know, are, are Katie's or you know, yeah. you're, you're, and then you have Jessica. You're like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> yeah, Paul. You know, mm-hmm. but then everybody else has weird, weird new made up names, and and then you throw an Idaho in there. Like, yeah, oh, I wonder where he's from. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that was uh, I forgot about the Jessica and the Paul too. The Jessica one was interesting too because it's a very eighties name, and I was like, when did, when was Dune written? Which I don't know. Do you know when Dune was written? The I original. Do not. I, I do not know when when it was written. Hmm. I'm gonna but look that the, up real quick. But the movie was early eighties, right? So you got to assume the book had to have been at least seventies, right? In, Ooh, in sixty-five. Sixty-five. So yeah. not many people knew of Idaho in sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> when did Idaho even become a state? I mean, I know like Alaska and Hawaii weren't like until 35. like the 50s and 60s, I yeah. think. Uh, so let's see. Idaho. We're, we're just going down a rabbit hole right now. We're going to go Idaho statehood, 1890. Okay. 1890. So, yeah. so it's been around, but it wasn't known. I don't think so. No. I don't, Didn't I, I really love potatoes. Dune put Idaho on the map. <laughs> um, okay. So my, my thoughts here on, on Dune. Um, I... I felt very similar to this as I did Blade Runner 2049, which was uh, Villanueva's movie right before this. Incredible visuals. Incredible sound. Very pretty. Uh, very I mean, pretty movie. my God, the guy can create a... And say what you will about Arrival. There's a lot of stuff in Arrival that works, too. He's very... He creates these worlds that are... It, it reminds me of Nolan in the sense that... Um, you kind of forget it's special effects. Like it all feels very, very real. Like at no point at any time in this movie did I say that looks really corny or that looks cheesier. That I don't believe that. It all feels very real. But much like 2049, I there's no emotional connection for me to anybody in this movie. I don't know why. Everything seems from a from a character standpoint, everything feels very sterile and feels very at arm's length. 
like I'm aware of the actions happening on the screen. I, I'm just not invested in them. I feel like a third party bystander to everything that's going on. And, and that, that really hurts my enjoyment of the movie because I just did not feel connected to anything as much as I was in awe of everything else I was seeing and hearing. No, I, I, I get that. And I think that has to do with there is so much in the source material you're trying to move through mm-hmm. that you that you're you're moving past things of the get to know you type of stuff. And I think this would have been much better served as uh, like an HBO series mm-hmm. than, it, than it would as as a movie, because you're trying to cram all this backstory. And like you said, you're trying to care about these people, but you need to get to a certain point. And so all you're just moving past everything that you could that you should know, I think. Mm-hmm. And having not read the books, I, I don't know if there is a whole lot more backstory, but I'm assuming that they go into a whole bunch on each of the houses that you could have learned them all individually before we saw them, you know, come together. Yeah, I, I would assume so too. And just the nature of the medium, a book allows you more time to process and, you know, digest the characters because I feel like what happens in a movie like this, even though we've got a two and a half hour runtime, is it has to move the plot along while also educating you on everything. So it's sort of like this, um, like, like speeding down a highway and like you're, you're trying to figure out who everybody is and where they play in this world. But by, before you can really get that full answer, you're, you're like, there's an action being taken or there's a new character being introduced and you just, you kind of don't have time. I feel like to breathe. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned HBO series cause we chatted about this a little bit. I feel very much watching Dune like when I watched the first season of Game of Thrones or the first few episodes of Game of Thrones where there's just so many flags and banners and names and houses being thrown at you and in this case in Dune planets and all these other things that I just I, I couldn't get my mind focused on one topic and understanding it or one character and understanding where they played before I was being introduced to another one or being moved to a different planet like it was just it, not that I want the movie to be slower, but it was too much too fast. And I think your point about it being a series would be great because then you have time to breathe between each hour episode, right? You get to chat with your friends about it and kind of, okay, this was this, this was, okay, I got it. I mean, you even have your, like you mentioned Game of Thrones, you have in this, you have your politics, you have your houses, you have your lands that you're trying to, to work through, but then you also have concepts that you're trying to bring mm-hmm. into of, we have the shield and how does the shield work? We have a, you know, what, what is the spice? What, what does that piece do? And then what is, we have the voice, you know, what do the voice do? And you're yep. throwing all of this at you all at once and trying to get the, the different houses and the characters names and why are they here and what are we doing? And the emperor who we, we don't see, you know, and, and how is this all tying together? And like you said, you're, you're, you're thrown into it. And so you're trying to catch up. I think it would benefit from multiple rewatches just oh, to, for sure. to, to get what's going on. Just like game of Thrones. It's so much better the second time through. Just you understand who the players are. Um, but I, I definitely think, and I know they're doing a, they've signed off on a, a spinoff series for this, but they haven't greenlit the uh, the second movie yet. That seems strange. Which is weird, especially when you you call this part one. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure the budget was stupid with all, with the way it looks, the special effects and all the names that are attached. You know, I'm sure it, uh, and we should have probably known how much it costed to do this. And then you enter a pandemic and whatnot. I mm-hmm. get, I get the hesitancy, but usually they kind of roll into, you know, let's film one and two together. Right. You know, so we have some flow, but now we're three years removed from filming and 
WB still hasn't greenlit, you know, <laughs> number two. Yeah. So we're we're another th- probably three years away from actually seeing seeing the second part if they get. I'm assuming they will based on the reception it's getting. Right, I, I think so too. I, I'm kind of shocked that they went with him without going ahead and greenlighting the second movie, only because. I think the reception to Blade Runner 2049 is going to be very much like the reception to Dune in the sense that if you remember right, Blade Runner 2049 didn't do so hot at the box office. It like people and critics enjoyed it, but it's just, it's not the kind of movie that people are going to go back and see or are they going to gush over I me? Mean, he clearly can make a competent, great visual movie, but it it's just not the kind of movie that I think is just going to make 800, 900 million dollars at the box office. There's going to be a lot of people that just are kind of like, all right, I'm not really overly interested. And that's how I feel Dune is. Like, it's not, I'm not going to really recommend this to a lot of people. If that makes it's a certain kind of person who enjoys watching movies and I know kind of likes these special niche movies, you know? But like, I'm not going to, if it's just one of our friends who just goes and sees, you know, casual movies, it's really hard for me to recommend a two and a half hour sci-fi movie that is kind of dense and honestly not overly enjoyable, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you you have to have somebody who wants to invest in world building. So yeah. that they, they want to know all the players, but then also has to be okay with this isn't even a movie yet, you right. know? And so it's like, you're not, you're not going to get in. And I don't know if there's going to be one, you know, that's a great sales pitch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here's a, here, here's a, fir, here's a first part. And like most movies that do the part one and part two, it'll release the next year because they did film them together. Mm-hmm. And so there's not that long of a wait here uh, combined with the HBO max, you know, release, which again was a, a huge, a, a year too late for WB, I think right. for them to make that decision to release them simultaneously. But, I think that's going to hurt. I think that's going to hurt a lot because this is definitely a movie that you probably would want to take a break in, in the middle of. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, not one that people are overly excited without the names that are attached. It's more of look at all the people that are in this. This has to be good, right? You know, and and he and it does look very pretty. You know, the right. trailers make it look very pretty. So it's that that part's intriguing. The story didn't really intrigue me going into it. Um, but I was kind of invested into the world once once they started to get going. Yeah, I, I I guess I'm I'm interested in the concepts, but like if somebody asked me, was it fun? You know what I'm saying? Like I I would not say Dune was a fun movie. It's no. not. It's not even action packed. It's just I don't even know if Star Wars is a good comparison. I mean, thematically sure, but. Star Wars definitely tends to be a little bit more lighthearted and a little bit more adventure This one was sort of like we start on one planet and then we get bogged down on another planet and we're just we're set in there and you know you have like the layers of mythology coming at you. It's just I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a very hard sell and 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 I do think that the HBO Max thing was like a blessing and a curse. Um, it's going to eat at its box office massively because I think. People are going to look at it and say, okay, sci-fi, you know, I have a big TV, I've got a stereo system, it's two and a half hours, you know, I'm not sure what I'm getting into here, so let's just, you know, watch it at home. Whereas, you know, I wanted to go see it in theater, but I just didn't think I was going to have time, because I knew that visually and audio-wise, this is a great theater movie, so I kind of wish I had been able to get out and see it, but I just, yeah, I think people are going to be like, yeah, you know what, if I'm going to take a chance on this, I'll stay at home and check it out on HBO Max for 10 bucks instead of, you know, 30 to 50 for the family or whatever. Yeah. Th- this is definitely, if you say what's a movie theater movie, th- this is it. You know, this is, 
as big a screen as you can get, you know, as best picture as you can get, mm-hmm. you know, the sound and everything around you. That's that's what you want in a movie like this. Uh, but you also have to get them there. Yeah. You know? And again, uh, I feel like it's had hype, but I don't think it really told someone who doesn't know what it is, what this is. Yeah. I mean, but you, you mentioned this earlier and I think you're exactly right. The the selling point is the cast, you mm-hmm. know, cause you know, sometimes you get people like, what's it about? Okay. Rarely do you get people asking who directs it. I mean, usually that's something I serve up to people as like a, you know, I don't even say the name of the director. Oh, I'm just like, it's by the guy who did this, this and this. And that one's even a tough sell for this one. Right. Cause you're right. like, Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners, Arrival. I mean, you're, you're dropping some movies that, while good and pretty well regarded, are just not mainstream successes. So it's very hard to get that. So really, your selling point here is the cast because you're, you're going to be talking to somebody. Hey, what's out this weekend? Dune, what's that? Oh, you know, it's that one that's got Oscar Isaac and Zendaya and Josh Brolin. And you know, and even then, you're probably saying Thanos and Aquaman. Yeah. And, Thanos, and Aquaman, Drax, <laughs> yeah. you know, Apocalypse. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the route you're going to go. Um, so, I mean, I think I do think that the cast is, an, is a huge one. I mean, one of the bigger ones that we've seen in a long time, probably. And it is enough to probably draw some. But um, I guess I just don't feel like your average movie watcher. Not like I consider myself or us some kind of expert. I'm just saying, you know, the standard movie going audience. I just don't know that they're going to walk away from Dune itching to see the next one. I, I think they might walk away being like, yeah, it looked cool and sounded cool. I mean, but like, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll catch the next one. It's not like, a, oh, God, I can't wait till the next one. Yeah, and I want to get more into that in the spoiler side, but I, I definitely feel that of while nothing was concluded here at all, um, I feel like my investment was done. You know, the, uh, what do you the, mean by that? Well, it's uh, I don't feel like the story is close to being done, but I felt like my uh, investment in characters and whatnot kind of ended where where they ended. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I I don't know. I think I'm. I don't think I'm with you on that one. I I I'm interested because I feel like there's maybe more interesting things to come. If that makes sense, like I I get that maybe this movie was a lot of setup. So now I'm interested to see how the payoff is. And I, and I truthfully don't have a lot of guesses because I, I'm still struggling to connect dots. That That's my biggest problem with this movie is that plot-wise, I understand like what happened on screen, right? I understand X person fought X person and X person lost. What I'm tr- struggling with in this movie is what it means. And then... I'm not exactly sure sometimes like where the chess pieces are on the table. So like I, that's the part of me that's struggling with the setup. Like it, it's not one of those movies that I feel like you watch and you just, you can't get because it's too artsy and it's being too cute and creative. It's not really that. It's just, it's almost like it's being vague on purpose. And so th- in some ways that intrigues me in some ways it annoys me as it intrigues me for the next movie. It annoys me as watching this movie. I think I, I think I got it as far as what everything they're doing and i feel like i know the moves that people made i think it was all really really rushed and i feel like that's what like okay we just had this like if someone's going to betray somebody you don't want to just meet them you know five minutes before and right and you just realize they're betrayed like that that has no weight to me right um and so it's like okay that wasn't even a, a plot that they were friends it was more of uh he was always a bad guy you know mm-hmm. so you didn't you didn't equate them as know betraying somebody or or these are and so i think that there's and we didn't and we we didn't even meet 
some of the players that were talked about. So that's an issue too, you know, before people are working together. And so I, I, like I said, I understood what's going on. Right. Um, at first it was hard for me to determine the names just because they were throwing out the names of planets and, and houses. And I was trying to get all that straight. Um, my wife picked it up pretty quick and goes, no, that's them. Like, Oh, got it. Okay. Thanks. Um, so she understood that piece and I understood everything that happened. I just wish it was like you said, it slowed down quite a bit. Yeah. Which is funny because the speed of the movie was in the slow. run. Right, exactly. So it, it's like an <laughs> it was oxy- slow and long, and I wanted him to slow it down and make it longer. Right, that's the thing. Like the whole movie is like this really big oxymoron of it's a two and a half hour movie, and it feels every bit of two and a half hours. It mm-hmm. is a slower paced movie, but I think that just speaks to maybe the amount of content that must exist in this book in this world that for them to take two and a half hours and us feel like you still didn't quite have time to digest what's going on and stuff. It, it speaks more to the construction, not not like the actual tempo or runtime. Yeah, and and truly, I think you cannot go back and make a series out of this because what I want to know is all the stuff happened during the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, like you introduce Oscar Isaac and his world. I want to know about his home world and his whole lineage and family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You show Drax and his his stuff, you know, Batista, and I want to know everything about him. You know. Where did Momoa come from, and how was he before all this? Like, that, I wanted, I wanted to see all the different houses before they combined into something. Yeah. So, it, it, I feel like that's more intriguing to me than than where we got. Right. Like, I definitely understood the the motives of Oscar Isaac and his house, but like, I, I didn't really. The the elements that confuse me a little bit are the Batista clan the uh, Emperor's Blade clan, and then, honestly, the concept of the Emperor itself. I mean, I, I get on the surface like that the Emperor runs the show and everything. everybody's serving him or whatever, but it's those are the kind of name. larger chess pieces that I don't... I, I'm not understanding the, the moves well, going on. Well, let's, let's get into that in our spoilers after you tell me what you, what you rated it. Um, so I'm at a three and a half. Um, I was... It was no lower than a three to me. It wasn't quite four. Um, now I will say, audio visual. I've said it again. It's probably a five star movie. It's it's it doesn't get any better in that department. And the acting and everything is fine. The cast is really good. We've talked already about the parts that that bring it down for me, and it's really just um, a lot of confusion or not even confusion, but like, I, I kind of don't care about the characters. And then there's just a lot of complexity happening that I don't think they spelled out as well as they could for you so that you can get invested into what's going on. And then I also like, I usually don't have as big of a problem with you as this where like the, the part one is not self encapsulating, but I, I'm, I'm almost hanging on for two because I'm just more hopeful that it, it, it builds out more and then comes to a good conclusion. Whereas instead of like, you know, making me feel like I'm invested and really, really wanting to. It's like, well, I I want to because I I just want to see what you guys had going here, as opposed to, oh, I want to because you guys really hooked me in and you know I'm sold on this and here's my thoughts on what might happen. I have no thoughts of what might happen in two, mm-hmm. right? Like part of the beauty of Game of Thrones, if we're going down that comparison, is like us talking about what happened each episode and our predictions for what's going to happen here, here, and here. And like, I don't even feel like I can make a prediction on this stuff. I, I don't even know where to begin formulating where these characters might go. So it's like a double-edged sword. So three and a half is where I'm at. Yeah, I was at a three and a half also, but I think I could be higher um, when the movie ends. 
Uh, we're not mm-hmm. going to see see the rest of it. It's, right. Uh, and I want to let just let people know what I mean by that. I'm fine with a movie that that teases a sequel that you know there's going to be a sequel, but it needs to be like you said, a standalone movie. It has to we have a beginning, middle, and end. You know, and then okay, the adventure will continue. But like uh, Fellowships of the <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring, we got no sort of conclusion. We're still marching to destroy this ring, mm-hmm. and and there's there's nothing there for me to to say that was a good movie it's more of that's a part of a movie that I'll I'll have to watch the rest um so I'm, I'm good with sequels I like sequels I'm a marvel head so of course <laughs> of course I right. like sequels you know but each movie is a standalone like even mm-hmm. infinity war is a is a standalone movie you know in, in itself yes we hope there's more but right. it doesn't have to end there so but, but for that, that, that really takes a, a hit from me. All the actors uh, I thought did fine, but because everyone was pretty limited on screen, like you said, you don't get, really get to feel who they are or what they can do or um, have a real standout performance. So um, visually, very pretty. Um, that's why I'm at a, a three and a half. Um, it's filmed much better than than just about everything I've seen this year. That's for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Spoilers? Spoilers. Let's go. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Okay, where you want to start? You said you had something to, to get to in the spoiler section. Well, I have lots of stuff to get to in the spoilers, but just try to figure out... Uh, plot lines and, and where everybody is the uh, um, really like Oscar Isaac uh, mm-hmm. and it's a shame that he couldn't have been developed more for even his you know Ned Stark moment you know like he he could have been a fan favorite that you're really disappointed when he died mm-hmm. you know but I don't think we got anywhere close to that I loved no. his conversation probably my favorite scene in the movie was his conversation with his son on the before they went mm-hmm. what he was talking about i wanted to be a pilot you know you you don't usually have those scenes uh with a king and uh someone coming up it's more of a yes you'll get there you know you're the heir apparent whatnot it's more of a i didn't want it either yeah you know, i just kind of fell into it. I, I really liked that scene um and that helped oscar's character to me but then they kind of left it we didn't really see him much again yeah i i kind of wonder if you could or should have and again i'm not lobbying for always being a trilogy but maybe you cut off 30 ish minutes of this movie and you make the climax of the movie be the conflict where oscar died and then you're left with paul heading off into the desert because honestly i thought that too i mean i'm thinking back to this movie and i don't even really remember a lot of what happens with paul in the desert once they go out there i mean i know they dig a hole in the sand and then they meet Javier Bardem's group and so, but it just, I don't know that whole evolution of, I, I'm not even sure Paul's character really changes all that much. And I mean, he keeps having these visions and stuff, but I don't know what you really gained by keeping that component in the first movie, other than maybe you're just trying to condense it down to two movies instead of three, but it just made the, and I'm not trying to jump ahead and get off of your point, but 
it, it basically makes the end of the movie be that fight between Paul and that the guy of the Furman. For I can't remember what yeah. it is. The, the Sand People. But that's <laughs> so anticlimactic for the ending of a movie. You just like right. that happened, and then we just kind of roll credits a few minutes. I think like okay. Whereas like if you make it the big battle where. Duncan is there, and or I don't know, because I guess after that, Duncan goes. So I don't know. Maybe you can scoot a little bit past Oscar Isaac and go to where Duncan saves Paul and his mom from the attack there. But like, I I think you got to cut it off before the wandering in the desert, because that just is sort of a weird, blah tone to end a movie on. Yeah, you can have like the start of the wandering in the desert, but not quite meet them there, and you yeah. can have, uh the floating guy come back the the batista's boss like why, oh, okay uh well i don't know why he was floating no, i get i don't are you talking about Scarsguard? yeah why yeah can he fly uh, I yeah know. i don't know there's something on his spine that glows and he levitates up i don't understand that either yeah, yeah. but you could have him show that he's you know in healing pools or whatever mm-hmm. you know and yeah you kind of end it with there's more yeah yeah no, I, I agree with you because th- this movie just stopped, and you're like, okay, yeah, great. There's not a, <laughs> not that burning desire of, and I know this this was written in the '60s, so the idea of the one, you know, mm-hmm. isn't played out, um, and so you're not going to change that piece when you're doing the movie. But I feel like it's played out. Oh, it, it entirely is. I mean, there's there's way too many the ones, you know, savior, messiah. It's just a trope that's been beaten to death now. I mean, it's hell. That that wasn't how Star Wars started, but that's how it ended up. You know, like I mean, everything is doing it. So like, it just is going to suffer from the fact that yeah, maybe in '65 when it was written, those kind of arcs weren't as prominent, but they are all over the place now. So it's just kind of groaning. We're like, all right, okay, we got this one guy with special powers who has a prophecy about him, sand planet. All right, all right. Yeah, we know that we know he's going to be the one. He's already having visions of himself as the one. Right. I mean, is there any doubt in your mind that he will become the one? Because there's there's none in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I I guess I should say to answer that question, it's sort of like I'm relying on my knowledge of having watched movies and TV shows forever. But I'm if I if I were to base it on the story, I would say I don't know because I genuinely. I, I don't even know what it means for him to really be the one or not. That That's sort of the problem I have with this is I can't guess about what's going to happen in the next movie because all I know is like he's supposedly some savior with some kind of powers that's been prophecy, but like I don't fully grasp what it means if he is or is not this person. Yeah, and I guess I just assumed it was some sort of unite the clans type thing. Which sure. I, I, I guess you're right. Now that I think about it, I don't know what he's supposed to do other than he has the voice that they also have the voice. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't know if that means anything to anybody other than, uh, Oscar Isaac's clan because of his mom. Cause he's in that bent that I can't say that cult name, but Ben, Ben Intendi. I know that's not it, but that's what I think of. Sure. Let's, let's go um, with Ben Intendi. <laughs> and then the sand people, the sand people obviously know who that, what that prophecy is, but like, does, does Batista's clan know or care about that? Does the emperor know or care about that? I, I don't know. Maybe they said that in the movie. I'm just saying I don't know. Yeah. So help, help me through this. So we have Batista's clan mm-hmm. on, I keep wanting to say Arcadia. Is that not, that's not right. 
I don't. I don't know. I I don't On know any of them world. outside of like. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the this. Spice this world is going to be a great podcast because we're we're, <laughs> yeah. we're just say Batista's clan, the Hobokins. I don't remember what their their names were. Yeah. On the okay, so Batista's group is on the Spice World, and they've been mm-hmm. running Spice World and becoming super rich. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emperor said, "Hey, Oscar Isaac, you take your clan and you run the Spice World because they're getting too rich." Okay. That's that's how I understood it. And so then Batista's group was upset and s- somehow the emperor supported them attacking Oscar Isaac. Well, yeah, cuz the Emperor's Blade group came in and worked right. with Batista's group. It almost that's felt the like the part that confused me of why send him there. It felt like a double cross to me. Like the the reality of the situation was that the emperor probably wanted Oscar Isaac's house eliminated, so he sent him but there. Batista's group was upset for being removed. Did they not know the plan? I don't know. I mean, I was having so much problems following everything, but I mean, it certainly felt like a double cross to me. Um, because why else would the emperor's blade group go work with Batista's group? I mean, certainly if they're going to call themselves out, they're not doing anything outside of the emperor's orders. You would think, yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's my best guess is they wanted Oscar Isaac's group gone. Okay, so I mean that would make sense, but not the scene where Batista's group was upset. They say, "Oh, we grew too rich, you know," and so they're right. trying to take our money from us. Yeah, but then we want you to go back in and take it and just kill them, right? Because basically now everything's just the same as it was before. Oscar Isaac's group right. has been wiped out. Batista's group's still running the show, and I don't know what the Emperor's Blade group does. Goes back and blades, but nobody. I guess the deal is like nobody apparently like cares about the Sand People. They just kind of let them let them be, and it seems like the Sand People don't even care. Not even like they're being oppressed by Batista's people. So I guess well, they're hunting them. Who's the the Sand People are hunting Batista's group? No, and vice versa. Oh, okay. So they're they're in conflict. Yeah, they're okay. they're in conflict, and they've been in conflict. And that was Oscar's plan was to unite them, uh, and get all of the millions of them on mm-hmm. their side to fight the emperor, potentially. Okay, well, that he never sense says he's it. against the emperor. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I need to do some reading on this and just figure out. But before I watch it again, because I do want to watch it again sometime, I need to do some reading. Not necessarily the book, but I need some kind of like YouTube breakdown or some Reddit breakdown on like what is going on here and what what are the. But I guess the problem is that I also don't want to be spoiled, so I need to be yeah. kind of careful. He wanted to he wanted to harness the sand power, you know, of them fighting in the sand. He, mm-hmm. But against who, I don't know. Right. Because if Batista's group was ordered to leave and they left, then why why do you need them to fight? Yeah. I would be curious to know, I mean, because clearly we have a lot of questions. We said that in the non-spoiler section. We're, we're clearly showing that here. But I'd be very interested to know if anybody who saw this for the first time really walked away feeling like they understood everything. On one watch no no dune experience before i would very much like to talk to somebody who is that person who's like yeah i got it you know i watched it first time didn't know anything about dune uh, and, and it all clicked for me because i i really did not feel that way at all so i would i'd really want to pick that person's brain yeah I, I can even come down to uh i'm not too sure how the shields work you know no and so 
where okay i get a slow moving blade you can slowly get through there but then momoa's you know cutting through people yeah you know his blade's not going slow right he's doing something special to where he can cut through there i don't understand like why does sometimes it work and sometimes it doesn't right well and even the the dart that gets shot at oscar isaac like it hangs there for a little bit and i was like okay so can he reach back there and like pull pull it out of the shield or so my thought on the dart the dart actually made more sense than momoa because the slow maybe the dart slows down once it gets the shield to get through it mm-hmm. and that's how it got through yeah that that was my thought where momoa is just slashing people in there so you were thinking the dart itself slowed down i was thinking right. the shield was preventing the dart from doing what it needed to do i think it's the dart itself slowed down when it got to the shield and then it continued on gotcha okay that's yeah. my that was my because uh i feel like because people have shields that's why you don't see more bullets sure and that's why they're all using blades i thought yeah. that was mentioned well it almost felt like too when josh brolin was fighting timothy chalamet in the beginning of the training that if you went like edgewise it the shield was stopping it but if you went like flat side of the blade it wouldn't stop it i i don't know i felt like there was something to that too but i don't know if i'm right on that yeah i don't get i don't get that piece uh i don't understand why she doesn't use the voice on everyone mm-hmm. you know we get to the same people and they're attacking you you just don't use the voice on them also yeah you know that was a nice touch that one guy was deaf and she recognized that mm-hmm. so you know yeah you i don't work know your, work your voice around that but you get to the same people and they're trying to kill you you use the voice right yeah everything about the voice i mean it seems pretty clear like you can if you can perfect it you can use it and control people but i guess i don't understand if there's any like broad scale implications beyond just what that is yeah do the other same people know that she can use it or yeah yeah and and what you know going back to paul and the voice stuff like i again i don't know what it means if he is this one i mean i know they talked about the prophecy and whatever i guess i just don't understand the impact of what it is like is is it like neo where once he realizes that he is the one and becomes the one he has so much power like can his voice control whole armies or is it just that they now believe he's this special person so they all fall in line behind him i that's what i'm i'm struggling with i don't i don't get the mythology that they're laying out there yeah i don't either but i can almost feel like this is where they got trimmers from <laughs> i can see that how could you not you know, see that. Well, then Beetlejuice, the sandworms there. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it just makes you wonder if this was the first uh, incarnation of, of sandworms. Yeah, somebody read that, and they said, I'm going to make make tremors. Yeah. Worked the exact same way, really. Yeah, we'll just take this little thing out, and this little one little component, we'll put it in a little village, in, or not village, a little town in, in uh, <laughs> the United States and make a whole movie about that. Make some graboids. Yeah. So, liked everybody in the movie, like you said, every actor I think did did fine. Uh, Brolin, not enough screen time. Did he die? Did I miss him dying? Mm, I can remember him right when some things were exploding, some ships were exploding, but I don't remember if that was. I remember him fighting the guard when they when they all the emperor's guard when they showed up, but I don't remember what happened to him. Yeah, I don't either. If he died, it must have been off camera, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, so, and Momoa, again, I just feel like we just met him, and then he was sacrificing himself. We also mm-hmm. saw him in the trailer sacrificing himself. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you knew it. Thanks. Why would you ruin that? <laughs> right. 
you know, but you killed off all the characters, you know, outside of uh, Drax, you know, Brolin, Oscar Isaac, you know, Momoa, all, all these people that I would want to see in the second movie. Right. <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, okay, who am I left with? It's like, okay, I still got, still got a, a few, but. Yeah, um, you got Skarsgård, Javier Bardem, Javier. Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, and Timothy Chalamet. But yeah, you, you lost some of the, the bigger guys. Yeah, and so I was like, "What am I? What am I waiting for this this next time?" <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're waiting for hopefully some some conclusions, some arcs that aren't being explained very well, or some closure, I guess, and then definitely some some good visuals. I, and I really hope this part was in the book where they felt like they really couldn't get away from was the traitor. Oh yeah, you know, uh, it's just it's so dumb. Yeah, and and I already told my wife, and she's completely on board. As if bad guys have her captured, and they want me to betray, you know, my group. Mm-hmm. That she knows full well we're both dead. <laughs> you know, so so it's more of a you know maximize the opportunity. It's not going to work out for us. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. That that the only thing that that added to the story was to lock in how sinister the Baron was. I mean, that's really the only thing that it did, right? Because what what other yeah. value does that add? I would have enjoyed it more had he honored it. Had he honored his his word, you know. Well, yeah, and, you might have enjoyed it more, but it doesn't make him more menacing. I mean, he looks menacing enough, you know. But I sure. think. It, but you're sitting there, and you're like, as soon as he says, "Well, they had my wife," you're like, "You're," I mean, it's like you're you're both dead. Yeah, they're, they're going to kill you, right. <laughs> you know, and her, and she's probably already dead. You know, there, there's no win, and one because you're a side character, but two, you know, there's there's no there's no mystery about what's about to happen. Right? Is it me, or did the Baron twice do some kind of like stupid wordplay? Because like when he kills the Doctor, the traitor guy, he was like, "Well, I told you you'd be free. Now be free with her." And I feel like he did one right before that too, where he was like, "Well, I said this." I'm like. That's our that's what our bad guys gonna do. Like we're gonna get all semantic on like you know wordplay. Like <laughs> uh, I I remember when he killed him, but I don't remember the one before that. I feel like there was one before that because when he did it, I was like, that's the second time that guy has done like the like oh I tricked you, I said this, and this is what I really meant. Like okay, that, I guess that's what makes somebody really sinister now. <laughs> I did I did technically think what, technically I'm freeing you. Yeah, exactly. I did like what they did with Skarsgård. He looked really gross and bathing in oil and the spine thing and all that. Like that, that's one of the weirder, creepier bad guys I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot, uh, and they did it well. Where he looked, it looked like real. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't get why he why he could fly. Yeah, I, I assume it was whatever was glowing on his spine allows him to do that. Because why else would you show that? I mean, again, is there a at first, I thought he was a worm. Yeah, and they they had him raised like that, but then mm-hmm. I realized he was just flying. Yeah, I had the same thought. I mean, I don't I don't need them to dive into the why, but it's just <laughs> kind of weird when he's the only one that that can do it. Yeah, maybe we'll find out more in the next movie. Lots of lots of questions That's to why be I'll answered. Go in back the next is yeah, to figure out why he's flying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's the reason to go back is to get answers to the, this movie. Just raised more questions than anything, and instead of answering some, it just really just poses a bunch of questions and topics and throws it all on the table. And it's like it's like somebody threw a whole bunch of like you know a deck of cards on the table, and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll come back later and see what somebody's playing with this is. Like, are you building a house? Are we playing a game? Like, 
what is this? Because and that's what I feel like right now. I'm staring at a table full of cards just all strewn about, and I don't I don't know what that's supposed to turn into. Well, because I mean, Batista's in this, but Batista's not really in this. Yeah, I he's feel not. like they're going to give him more next time. Same with Zendaya. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're just pictures of her, you know, but she wasn't in this movie yet. Right. But I have a feeling next movie she'll be in it. Obviously, we're going to meet the Emperor, which, you know, I don't know anything about the Emperor other than it should be Henry Cavill based on their their selection of people so far. <laughs> yeah. You know, now give, give me give me somebody else. I thought that we might get a reveal of who that, that is before the end of the movie, but there was no such thing. No. I, I guess, what are, you, what are you wanting in an Emperor? Because... To me, like you said, a really cool villain with Skarsgård, and I I don't know whether the Emperor should be in this world somebody that's like grotesque and mean like that, or is it supposed to be somebody that's just, you know, very wealthy and just a normal dude that just controls it all? Like I, I don't know, I I really don't know. Yeah, I think uh, he would be more of a beacon of hope type thing, whether he is or not. But I feel like that outward appearance mm-hmm. is the emperor and then he has this arm that's gross and grotesque that gotcha. does the, the nasty stuff um i feel like that's um that's how i envision it okay uh, of the oh the emperor asked us to to go to the spice world and do that we're going to obey him not because he's you know evil incarnate and right i know that but i feel like he'd have a better following if people actually believed him trustworthy yeah, I guess that's the other thing I don't quite get is like in in the Star Wars world, um, you know, the Empire is a is a force. It's, it's like an oppressive force. You know, they're patrolling Tatooine and you know doing things to people there. And then um, in Lord of the Rings, you know, the Eye of Sauron, like it's clearly bad. Like in this case, I, I didn't get the sense that. I mean, the sand people are being oppressed, right? They're being left out in the sand and their planet's being raided and stuff. But like, is Oscar Isaac oppressed? I mean, the, the dude rolls in there with a scroll asking and saying the emperor wants your help and he doesn't really like bat an eye at it. So is that out of fear? Is that out of duty? Like what, what, what kind of world are we living in here? I feel like it's more of a prequel Star Wars emperor mm-hmm. of he may be sinister, but the projection is that he's doing good by everybody. Sure. So these systems are obeying the Republic or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but he's just uh, going to keep pulling the strings and doing what's good for him. Yeah. And somebody's grown too powerful, and I'm going to trick you into murdering all of you. I think that's about right. It'll be interesting to see who they cast for that. And That'll tell you again, a lot. Ha- having not not read the books, I don't know if we're going for an older person or a younger person or yeah, someone that looks like Superman. I don't know. <laughs> You're gonna push hard for that Henry Cavill casting, huh? <laughs> I mean, you, I just feel like he fits this group, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. Maybe we can get Gal in the second one too. Get Gal. You know, may, maybe a Hemsworth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one of the Hemsworth. If it's Liam, I'm out. You're out. Just yeah. automatically out. Yeah. Wow. Or Liam doesn't make too many good movies. He he doesn't. I mean, Chris doesn't either, to be perfectly honest. But Chris is Chris. I, I cannot. <laughs> you know, I I really uh, just saw him doing what Extraction Two. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I like the first one better than I gave it credit for first time around. I need to rewatch that. I'm yeah. ready for a rewatch. It was fine. Um, yeah, but I think it's better than fine. That's my, that's my thing. I think we were both at fine 
Yeah. I need, I need to revisit. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to watch before the second one comes out. Wow. So, uh, overall, I felt fine leaving it, um, but not not good. Yeah. So, and this is a... Sorry, I went back to Dune. Not Extraction. No, I knew if what you I meant. If I confused you there. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> yeah, it was just more of a... It was a movie. And it, and truly, I think it could be a good movie, and I feel like it would have been an even better series because I really want to learn about the houses, and maybe that's just my lack of Game of Thrones-ness right now that I don't have that. I mm-hmm. want to attach to something similar. Um, but it would have been nice to get, you know more on on each and follow these people through and get to know them better before they murder them yep i agree and like you said earlier i think there's the chance that the second movie makes their first one better in hindsight yep i mean i have to it'd have an ending yeah in theory yep all right is that it we good i, Dune? I think that's it females i don't think so all right where can they find you on twitter at carson graff g-r-a-f-f you can find me at at TwoViewsGarrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at TwoViewsMovies. And you can always email us at TwoViewsMovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you can listen. We are there. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, go ahead and drop us a review and let everybody else know you like the show. We will be back in I don't know. I gotta check I gotta check some release dates. No last night in Soho is coming up, then Eternals. So at the very I least think, we'll be back for Eternals. Yeah, I think Eternals is our next next one unless I'm missing something. Nope. I, I think that like I might go see the Edgar Wright last night in Soho, but I don't know if I'll make a special trip I don't to even go know what see that it. is. What is that? Edgar Wright last night in Soho. I don't know. I have to go watch okay. the trailer. I can't really explain. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but more more than likely we'll be back for uh, Eternals here in a few weeks. So uh Yeah, we will catch everybody next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!